Hey there, this is singer-songwriter Lorenzo Walcott, and you're listening to Citywide Blackout Podcast. Are you ready for a three, two, one? Let's go. Hey everyone, and welcome to this very special episode of Citywide Blackout. I use the word special because we're really here to discuss the end of an era. After 15 years in the world of nightlife, radio, events, podcasting, DJing, all over the U.S., hosting and producing 2,000 indie radio broadcasts across five stations and three series, Sterling Golden is retiring. Words I never thought I would actually say. Together. But here we are. So joining me to talk all about this is the man himself, Sterling. Welcome back to the show for, I guess, the uh, last time. That's my bedtime, man. Here I am, y'all. You know, y'all, this is going to be something that I, your man Sterling's got to get used to. But this is what I took on. This is the life I chose. And uh, we're in transition, you know, kind of like how... Uh, uh, Samuel Jackson and Pulp Fiction was in a transitional period when he decided not to blow the guy's head off in the diner. <laughs> you know, but unlike he, when he walked the earth, I'll be, you know, taking care of family business going forward after the first of the year. All right. So, um, that's uh, definitely a big gratitude to you for having me back on Citywide Blackout. Of course, man. Of course. Anytime. So let's mm-hmm. let's open with really the big question here that I think a lot of folks are wondering. Is this a permanent retirement? Because some folks will say, hey, I'm retiring, and then, then they come back like four years later. This is definitely not a uh, Nicki Minaj situation where she retires one minute and it's like psych the next. You know, I mean, this is a situation where it's not a want to, it's a have to. You know, a few years ago, I actually thought I was going to be walking away from the States and, you know, doing career things out in South America, which I did for like half a year. But everybody thought that was the last of me in the United States. Well, you know, as fate would have it, within half a year, I was back in Boston, back in the States. And really, that was actually a blessing because what that ended up doing... Forgive me, y'all. I'm trying to stifle yawns here. Not because of y'all. It's because I'm <laughs> having a bad time here. Not, I'm not lying when I say that. But anyway, you know, people thought that was the last of me in the States, but it ended up being a blessing because it added on about another six, seven years to the story. And I found Boston Free Radio because I came back to the States. I found a whole new circle of supporters and people that I fuck with out here. You know, thanks to the fact that let breathe the thing, the whole South America thing didn't really work out. But now the situation is this is a have to kind of vibe because family being what it is, and when those who gave you life really need you right now, you know, in a situation where you know they need your help and they need you to be around, you got to pull that up and be that person. You know, so that's where I'm at right now, Max, is I am literally in a situation where, you know, I am doing what needs to be done. And I'm also at a point now where I'm in my 15th year. And 
you know, I was able to take a real serious look at things a year ago. And I 2023 would be my last year of doing this. So I said it a year ago, Max. I said, this is my last year. I went through the details of why and what I was feeling like and I explained this is not a want to, this is a have to. Well, it's it's a want to and a have to, mm-hmm. you know, because I want to do this for them. I don't want people to think that me saying have to means I don't want to do it. I do. You know, this is a want to, but it's want to and have to. It's for family. Family first, as the city team says. And I really have to put my focus there, my priorities there where they belong, just as they've done for me when I was on the come up in my life and growing up. So, yeah, Max, you know, that's the situation, you know, for your man Sterling Golden is time to call it a wrap with this, you know, whole industry thing. And it's time to step away, get off the grid and do what needs to be done for the family. Exactly. So when you made this decision, was there a lot of back and forth? Or did you just kind of know, boom, this is it. I'm done. I knew a year ago when Boston Free Radio and my team at 320 Entertainment did this special for the station called Golden Age of Radio, a Sterling Anthology, and this was hosted by Racine in the city from Spark FM, and they did this whole like multi-hour special focusing on my years of working with radio, sharing you know clips from through different shows I've done and things like that, and people I've had on. And, you know, I kept listening to it and I just kind of was like, you know, the fact that doing something like this and the fact that my situation at home is changing the way it is, you know, and uh, I looked around and it was a couple of things. One, I knew I was kind of hitting a place where I'm feeling like I've done all I want to do and also a place where I'm looking around and, you know, you know, life is good. You know, this was this was a year ago, and this is right now. Health is good. Wealth is good. You know, happiness is there. Fulfillment is there. Peaceful life is there. Family is here. And while they're here, I want to be around for them. You know, that kind of situation. And I mean, I'm looking at it like this. You know, it's a blessing to say that you own a couple of different properties and good capital, doing what you love doing. And you figured out the secret to, you know, how to make that successful for you legally and ethically and uh, do so knowing that you're helping uplift others in the industry who need the uplift. And really, Max, you know, it gets to a point where like, okay, if I do this another year longer than 2023, then I'm just going to be, you know, redoing the same shit over and over. And uh, at this point, I think I've given all I can give, mm-hmm. you know, I'm. I said it with conviction, you know, and some people may think that sounds like giving up, but no, man, you know, you have to be able to, you know, look yourself in the mirror and know when it's time to call it a wrap, you know, because priorities change and life changes. So I knew a year ago, and I kept saying in that first special, it's not time for me to retire yet. I can still go and things like that. Also bear in mind that Racine and I had a bottle of bubbly that day <laughs> in the studio. And that was definitely helping to influence some of my answers, you know. So as I heard the special all the way through, you know, you're going through stations that y'all who fuck with the independent 
radio thing out here. I may recall these names: Unregular Radio, uh, WEMF, things like that. Of course, Boston Free Radio is still here. And then you listen to the guests I had on. I like got OG, like Acrobatic, God, like Bruce Kulick, formerly of Kiss. Like, you know, I mean, just through the game, an African boy. And then you have, oh my God, DJ Bruno. And down the line, and just recently, uh, earlier this year, I had the uh, father and the brother of Julian Assange, the founder of WikiLeaks, you know, John and Gabriel Shipton. And they were here to promote the documentary film Ethica. And that was a pretty fabulous situation, you know, because the station didn't think that I had any pull to get them. And all I do is call them publicist. And next thing you know, I'm telling the radio station, hey, uh, Julian Assange's father and brother are coming in on this day at this time. And are you kidding me? And no, no, they'll be right. And how'd you get that? I called the publicist. And did you expect me? What you expect me to do? Go through hoops of fire to get him? You know, I mean, I knew. Make a call. The worst you can be told in any situation like that, Max, is no. You know, and or they can say, yeah, what time, when, where? You know. So after having interviews like that this year, I mean, and that was the first one I had in 2023. So I already knew I was kicking off my final year on the highest note. You know, so yeah, Max. I know a year ago, and as the year went on, I knew more and more this was the right call. As we came, though, to the end of 2023, was there any voice in your head saying, well, maybe we could come back. Maybe we could do part-time. Maybe we could do, like, one show a month or or something like that. Did you ever have that kind of voice talking to you? We don't need them voices to start talking that shit, Mm. seriously. I... uh, (laughs) You know, after years of doing this shit, you start to hear voices, I guess. But uh, no, you know, I mean, it hasn't happened. I can be honest about it. You know, it hasn't happened. I kept waiting for a sign. Uh, maybe I was making the wrong decision, something like that. I kept waiting. Well, maybe this will tell me I shouldn't, you know, really call it a rap yet or that or this. And just everything kept pointing the same way. You know, there was never any time this year when I decided to do a 180 and say, oh, I got you, you know, uh, I'm not retiring. Besides, if I were to do shit like that, when I really did have to retire, you know, people are going to be like, oh, okay, he's going to be like all these other like old ass bands that say they're going to do a farewell tour every couple of years and they never do it. Yeah, you know? we see that a lot. Jay-Z wanted to retire. Nikki said she was going to retire. The Who, you know, this goes on and on. And I can name many more, Ozzy Osbourne and, you know, so many others, you know, who did multiple times. I'm going to retire. Retirement sucks. I'm not doing it. But, you know, it's like one time and then going back on it's one thing. Two times, and you, if you go through that, cool. If you do it three or four, five, six times, it's like now it's becoming a joke. You know, so no, there will not be multiple retirement tours. And, you know, I have no plans to retire and then come back as a digital avatar, nothing like that. You know, <laughs> I mean, no, you laugh, you know, but that's literally it. The Beatles just did their final song using AI. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, and after the final Kiss concert this past weekend, you know, at the end of the concert, they announced a new era. And Kiss are going to continue on as avatars for an indefinite time. They say forever. Well, forever as long as avatars can be done, you know. But, 
you know. So, but that's one thing. I don't look. I don't look or sound nothing like they do. I couldn't get away with it, you know. But uh, you know, so now this is not a situation where I'm going to go back and say, "Oh, the voice in my head told me it's not time to go yet." Because, okay, that's great. But what about your folks at home and you told them promises? What their promises? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. so. Priorities, man. You know, yeah. even if there was a voice that was starting to talk at shit, you know, it's the ones here at home that come first ahead of that voice. Yep. Yep. All right. Uh, let's then talk a bit about your next role. You'll be, um, as you mentioned, uh, taking care of family, more or less yeah. like a full time caregiver. What do you yeah. expect that role to be like? I mean, that's a situation that involves, you know, Answers that could only be answered between me and the family, mm-hmm. the family and I, that bad grammar stone, you know, I mean, the family and I, and uh, that's literally the most I can tell you is just know that this is a full time commitment, mm-hmm. you know, and anybody who's ever done anything like this for their loved ones knows that, you know, there's not a whole lot I can add to the situation mm-hmm. other than, you know, if you've been there, you know what it's like, if you haven't been there, well, that day may come when you have to step up. You know, luckily, you know, myself, you know, being in the position that I am, I'm able to have, you know, a roof over our head and able to do the things for them that they need. And that's important to me, important to them. It's already become my central priority in this life. Even as we're sitting here now talking, you know, I've been slowly phasing out the industry shit, you know, more and more. And, you know, in fact, this interview is one of my final commitments between a couple of other interviews coming up that I have. And, of course, a big one that drops on the 18th that we'll talk about later. But, you know, these are literally my final commitments, my final words for our quote-unquote scene. I call it a community. I don't like the word scene. I like community. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, if you've been there, you know, and you've and actually been there, mm-hmm. you know, sure. you know sure. exactly what it is. You know, so there's nothing I can really say that, you know, could really provide a new perspective on that. If you've been there, you know what it is. Exactly. What do you mm-hmm. think, though, um, like you're really transitioning from the from the nightlife scene where you were at shows, at events, you were on the red carpet to, you know, this mm-hmm. more like quiet life. What's your thoughts on that? Do you think that's going to be a tough adjustment? So far, so good. That's good. You know, good. I mean, my final appearance for nightlife officially, publicly, on the record was the uh, House Fashion Week event back in October mm-hmm. at Mass Art in Boston, where I was the guest of honor. They honored my years of work and had me speak before Mass Art, which was a full auditorium, you know, not a seat to be had in the house. And I was talking my shit on the mic and having a captive audience and people who actually had the audacity to applaud what I had to say, <laughs> you know, or politely did it, you know. But uh, hey, you know, they pulled up and they stayed. Nobody went off to get a drink during my speech. Nobody was off to use the restroom. Everybody stayed, you know, not one person. And these are all on social media. Not one person left the room. I'm like, all right, so far, so good. No one's leaving. <laughs> you know, so I spoke and, you know, uh, David John of House Fashion Week was kind enough to extend that invite. And so, 
we got through that and yeah man you know i mean all was good there but uh since that time i have not made any nightlife appearances publicly or officially i have had invites to shit mm-hmm. you know i turned on a big one the other night for the runway ball and believe me yeah i can be a tough give up but you know you're doing it for the right reasons mm-hmm. and that makes you feel all right and then you never find yourself you know pining you don't find yourself texting your friends at the event asking who's there how's it going should i show up that kind of that, that never happened i just stayed right where i was supposed to be you know and if all y'all knew how this is affecting my sleep schedule y'all would really understand because <laughs> i'll tell you what you know it turns your whole schedule upside down inside out you know and next thing you know you're on a whole nother timetable from people you know and so that leads to all kinds of awkward situations but you know understand you know it's because this is the life i live now and we're transitioning more and more into that Mm -hmm. and you know kind of slowing down the industry thing now Mm -hmm. you know and uh i can do so with conviction and -hmm. know that i did the right thing for the right reasons and uh not have anything to look back on that's the big thing for me is not yeah. ever having any regrets of my decision or going why did i do this oh my god you know none of that has come up good good yeah. and well i think like you said that's how you know you made the right call um one yes. thing that just kind of occurred to me is of course you know social media is a huge part of what you do and now mm. you're not going to really need it do you think uh all your socials will just be gone it won't be gone, but mm. I'll be off the grid. Yeah. You know, I mean, wow. one thing is people don't understand that uh, the minute you delete your social media accounts, you know, unless it's one that you can retrieve within a certain amount of days or things like that, once you get purged, your account names are open. So any troll can just take your name and just start posting whatever shit they want under your name and under your identity. Best to just keep the shit archived. Keep it out there for posterity. Let people, you know, go check that shit out if they ever happen to think of you, that kind of thing. Kind of like a little bit of a monument to yourself. Mm. You know, a record of your, your existence and proof of life and all that other bullshit. You know, it's like, just keep it out there. Yeah. You know, I have every intention of keeping it open. It'll be out there, but, you know, as of the 1st of January, your man Sterling's off this grid once and for all. Wow, that's you know that's and, gonna be uh, weird actually to just like check your socials and be like, oh, the last post you did was oh, like December like twenty eighth, for example, and then nothing <laughs> else. And but it's like May, it's like oh man, he hasn't posted in like in like you know six months. What the hell? It's already slowing down. Yeah, I've seen that. Yeah. I've seen that. It's already slowing down, Max. You know, mm-hmm. it's become a matter of I post when I need to. Mm-hmm. If I have to let people know something or update something or just. You know, put a bow on something on the way out. I do that. I've been doing a lot of running back different memories for the past couple of months, which I don't do. I never used to do a whole lot of, but I've been doing it more than ever because I'm out the door and I want to look back on some shit as I'm doing so. You know, but also kind of update people on where I'm at right now and just let them know what they need to know. Mm-hmm. But yeah, man, uh, my final post will be on the first of January. 2024 and I'll have some that's like the final word on social media that I do and you know I mean I this ain't no joke y'all you know this is not a publicity stunt this is not he's going to come back under another identity 
you know, none of that shit. This is literally a real, honest to God, retirement and a whole transition in life I'm making to help the family and, you know, close the book on this part of my life. You know, you have to know when it's time to do that. But social media, yeah, you know, yeah, a big part of what I did all these years and, you know, whether it be Instagram or TikTok or if you want to go way back, Facebook, you know, <laughs> I haven't been on, I haven't been on that in about six years, but, you know, but yeah, I mean, and also the fact that I even left Facebook when I did kind of show people this shit ain't my master, you know, because everybody thought you'll be back in a week. You can't live without Facebook. And when I did, everyone's like, what the fuck? Why'd you leave Facebook? I'm like, I told you about leaving Facebook. Yeah, but I thought you'd be back. No, no. And in fact, some people actually kind of fell off with me because all they knew was what I did on Facebook and didn't follow me outside of it. So like in Destiny Costa's case, who's interviewing me for my final interview, and she said, you know, once you left Facebook, I kind of lost touch with you. And then I found you on Instagram randomly and we got back in touch. You know, but you know, no, no, man, look, social media is not your master. Okay. Is it useful for promoting shit? Is it useful for communication? Yes. But if you live solely in the realm of social media, like if you only know your friend's birthdays because social media told you, well, that's another conversation. You got to kind of, you know, reevaluate some shit if that's how you live your life. You know, man, but uh, that's just my opinion. But you can't live in that vacuum. Exactly, exactly. All right. Well, then let us segue, Sterling, to the last few things you're going to have before the end of the year. Uh, Of course, on December 11th, uh, you've got your final CHOP session interview with Kelani Skye, who I read was also your first guest. That's right. Yeah, we're going full circle, man. Uh, Kelani Skye, who, when I first started in radio, she was called Boston's R&B Sensation, and she was on the come up with R&B in Boston, and... uh, we kind of came up at the same time out here. And so we began to link. She was my first guest and then my first co-host not long after that because we had the chemistry, I'm told. And that led to a connection that has lasted this entire run for me. And now that I'm closing the book on this, it was only natural that Kalani was the last guest also. I bring the whole thing full circle. That would be the final shop session after over 100 episodes of that series and, you know, winning awards along the way for it and having so many dope guests. This was by far my favorite series of all the radio shows I've done because it took me from a format I was used to and put me in a whole nother ball game where I had to do one-on-one interviews for an hour with a single guest. And I didn't know if I could do it, you know, but seven seasons later we did, you know, we got some honors for it and now I can say with conviction, this was my best series of any radio show I ever did. Agreed. Yeah, because I, I listened to a bunch of those interviews, and you always did a really good job. I could always tell, especially, that these are folks you were genuinely happy to talk to. It wasn't just, oh, this person's like a big deal, so I'll talk to them. It'll, it'll be good for the ratings. No, these I'll are really, these are what. folks that you were like a longtime fan of in some, in some cases. I'll tell you what, you know, a good example of how being a name doesn't really you know, make me sweat was uh, there's a fairly well-known, I mean, I don't know. I wouldn't really put them on like a pedestal, but some people know them. Fits and the tantrums. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, years back when I had a morning show, the station manager, WEMF, 
just decided to book me to interview Pits in the Tantrums, where I'd never heard of previously. They were playing House of Blues in Boston that night. Uh, Max, that may have been the worst interview I ever did. Ooh. Be- because, not because of Fits in the Tantrums, but because of me. Because I didn't give two fucks about them. You know? And I'm going, I've never fucking heard of these guys. Um, I got saddled with it. I didn't ask for it. And I know that's protocol for most morning show hosts. They kind of get a schedule and they kind of get told, okay, this is who's on your schedule for this week. You know, they don't always get to pick their guests. I get that part, but I'm not in that field of radio. I was in another sector where I could select my guests. So having one picked for me, I was actually one that I had no interest in. And and this is nothing against fits in the tantrums. This is all about the attitude I had back then. It was not a good one. All right. I just took it as, I don't care, man. So I kind of just kind of, you know, biffed through the interview and got him off the phone in three minutes and went back to music and was like, oh, my God. You know, but it just didn't interest me. And I was not even going to hide that. You know, it was that it just did not interest me to do that whole interview. And so for me, it became a matter of I just, you know, I, it was not a good example of my work, you know, but mm-hmm. and also not a good example for potential people doing this as a living. Don't take the attitude of, well, I don't care about this guest. I'm not even going to try. Um, that's the wrong way to go. And that was, my, that was my wrong way to go that day. So not a good example of what I do. But, um, but the point was that was being a big name is not going to sway me. You know, mm-hmm. if you're doing something that actually moves me and I get invested in, that will get me interested. You know, but simply being known will not help you with me. Is there an interview that you got that for you was like meeting your biggest hero? Oh my God. Uh, I would have to say that while it wasn't, you know, I mean, let's be honest here, my biggest heroes are not anybody famous. It's my folks. Hmm. You know, I mean, I'm not even going to lie. Uh, I never interviewed them, but um, you'll never hear me call a person of fame a hero to me. That's never going to happen. A person of inspiration, someone who helped me, you know, find a new interest yeah yeah that's happened several people but i would say the closest i got was a former member of cast bruce kulik and that happened in 2016 as i was doing a special commemorating the anniversary of the passing of eric carr and for all y'all you know young people out there eric carr was one of the drummers of KISS way back in the day who passed away, sadly. And Bruce Kulik happened to be one of the lead guitar players that worked with Eric Carr in KISS. I mean, it all seems so long ago now because everybody today best knows KISS for Gene Simmons, Tommy Thayer, Eric Singer, Paul Stanley, Demon, Catman, Space Spaceman, you know, Starchild. You know, but no, there, there had been previous people prior to that long-running lineup. And Bruce had been their guitar player for 12 of those 50 years. And I got to speak to Bruce on WEMF and having that conversation with any member of KISS as a professional was a dope situation. I got to talk to them as a radio listener, you know, just a fan calling into a show. You know, I've got that experience, but that's not interviewing them. That's just, oh, I'm God, I'm on the air. I'm talking to KISS. Oh, my God. 
you know, this was a professional interview with a professional doing, you know, the work and doing the research and having a real conversation with Bruce, you know, who doesn't get nearly enough credit for his work with the band because it's been buried in history, in my opinion, in ways that where you have to be like a real stand of the band to really appreciate Bruce or a real old head who was around in the 80s and early 90s when he was in Kiss to appreciate him. But really, if you're a young stand and you just started to listen to Kiss and you saw the final shows last week and you're ready for the new, uh, new era experience with the Kiss avatars and all that, you know, look up your history. You know, use your search engine. Bruce Kulik is a big part of that history. And having that conversation with Bruce Kulik was a big deal to me because talking to any member of that band, but hottest band in the world, you know, 50 years on and now into the future and eternally, you know, that's, that's a vibe, man. That's a whole vibe. It is, definitely. All right, so let's talk a little more about Kalani Sky. As you mentioned, your first guest and now your final guest. Um, yeah. D- tell me a bit about uh, Kalani and the work that she's doing now. Well, she works now in our school system. Whoa. Education system. And she's totally turned her life into a different situation. You know, she's always done the right work, the good work, no matter what she does. But in this case, Kalani Sky has devoted herself to the education system. And she explains this in our final interview. And she wants to eventually, you know, maybe look at the idea of getting back into R&B music at some point, because that journey never really completed for her. You know, but, I mean, whatever Kalani does, man, a bit, yeah, that whole, that give back game is strong, you know, and her mind for community is strong, and for our youth, and for the education system that she helps to be a part of. I mean, anything she does, she's always giving back. And that's a big thing about Kalani from then to now. So, yeah, you know, she's still doing that good work and she'll continue to, you know, and you'll hear more about that in the interview. Ooh, very cool. Very cool. All right. So the next thing you have dropping is is on the 18th, as you mentioned, the Golden Age of Radio, a Sterling Anthology book two, hosted by Destiny Costa. First off, tell us who Destiny is. Well, Destiny has long been working within Boston's music community. She's, you know, been involved with different radio things over the years, and she's been a supporter of the scene as well. And, um, you know, there's some long-running Boston rock station institutions that have called her family. And if you're a long-running you know, name in our rock community of Boston, then you know the name Destiny Costa. And she is well-respected in the field. Um, you know, and I first met her about a decade ago at the old Rock and Roll Social. Oh, man, yeah, I remember that. Oh, my yeah. God. That's when we met uh, back in 2012. And we, you know, maintained contact on and off then since. She was the one who I mentioned earlier on had kind of fallen off of me after I left Facebook. And she found me again recently through the gram. And I told her, I always said, if I ever have to do like a final interview type thing or close the book on something, I want Destiny to do it because I know she will respect the, the subject and she'll do it right. So when that time came, I cashed that chip in. I said, Destiny, I'm ready to call it a wrap. I'm ready to talk. And we arranged it. And as you will find out when you hear it on the 18th, 
it was a very it was a very emotional conversation one where you know i actually got kind of physically uh, feeling kind of off during mm -hmm. the interview because of all so much i was sharing during the conversation you know so i think if you're not familiar with destiny's work and how superlative she is as a radio interview host you know they definitely lock in on the 18th of december 6 p.m u.s eastern time on boston free radio and spotify for golden age of radio 2 uh sterling anthology because this will be in fact the last word with a name like this, though, I'm guessing that this will be more than just a regular um, Q&A kind of thing. If it's not yeah. too spoilery, what else can we expect with this episode? All I'll tell you is, unlike part one or book one, where there was a lot of like highlights of clips of mine on the radio through the years, this is a straight conversation, nothing but a two-and-a-half-hour interview. Just a, just a one long interview. It's a conversation, really, you know, because Destiny did not hold back a thing. And I go into topics and discussions that I've never had on public air with anybody, you know, about, about these types of subject matters. And again, I felt myself getting kind of physically, I don't want to say ill because I was enjoying the conversation, but it was just so emotional. I couldn't really help myself and feel it kind of off, you know, and uh, once it airs, I'll explain that again, a little bit better, mm -hmm. but, uh, You'll hear the interview and get an idea. You know, I don't want to reveal too much. I was going to say, uh, two and a half hours, man. Holy crap. That's a, that's a marathon there. It is. You know, the first special was three and a half. Jeez. With clips. Okay. With the clips. You know, but this one's no clips. It's just a two, two and a half hour conversation, but it's not one that you're going to find yourself dropping your head on. You will be engrossed and you will not fall off. Mm, you know, nice. and you nice. will, you'll, be, you'll be dialed in with it. Oh, man. Yeah. I can't wait, man. That'll be a lot Thank of fun. You. Do you Hopefully. reveal anything for the first time? Any are there any stories or or tales that you get to talk about this that you've just never talked about before? Is it in the interview? Uh, <laughs> I like this. Okay. All right. Well, we'll definitely, folks, check that one out. December eighteenth, six p.m. Eastern time. Uh, the Golden Age of Radio, a Sterling anthology, book two, hosted by Destiny Costa, and of course with uh, with Sterling Golden. Find it on all your various podcasting platforms. The last yes. thing, though, the last thing is the final Sterling collection, which is now available on Spotify. Oh uh, yes, mm -hmm. nineteen seventy six through present. This is twenty three. Yeah. I'm not kidding you, folks. Twenty three hours of music. Oh, holy. <laughs> Dude, my my playlist is is a little over an hour long, and that takes me a while to put together. But twenty three hours, dude, you're a madman. Okay, so just for the record, so in case anybody didn't follow it all these years or two years, the Stony Collection was a weekly playlist I did for Spotify that was fifty two tracks long, like a deck of cards, and the whole idea was to shine a light on the dopest new music that was out every Friday, you know? And it didn't matter what your genre was, what part of the world you were in, or if you're mainstream or independent. If I fuck with your music, I will share it on the list. And if I got submissions that I was into, I would share those too. And that's how it was for a couple of years. In fact, I understand that that particular project inspired one that's near and dear to your heart too, Max, as I 
recall? Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. So that would be uh, the Blackout Collection. It's a bi-weekly uh-huh. playlist that I do. And I used to do it weekly, but I wasn't feeling it. You know, it, it wasn't working for me. I wasn't feeling it. And then I saw your playlist one day, just kind of, you know, happened to see it when I was scrolling on the gram. Yeah. And I thought, this is a guy who knows what's going on. So you and I chatted for a while. You gave me some fantastic insight. And now the result is a 20-song playlist every other week, which is nice. doable with what with my schedule, what it allows. And yeah. it's really, I mean, it, it's, it ends with 20 songs, but it starts with like 40 or 60 because there's a lot of culling as I go through and say, you know what, this song, I'm not, I'm not feeling it, away it goes. Which I should say, for the record, yeah. does not make it bad. It just means right. I wasn't feeling it. Those are two very, very different things. He and hates your song, dude. No, he doesn't. No, he doesn't. <laughs> Despise it. It's garbage. You suck. Give up and go home. No, no, no. It's just, it didn't, oh it didn't vibe with me, which does not make it bad. But yeah, you give me some fantastic insight. And I think the result is a much stronger playlist, all quality work that I'm loving in one way or another. And usually I'll pick like three songs to kind of spotlight. Um, but it's hard to pick the three. It's like, well, this is really good. No, but so is that. I really like that one. That was really good too. Ooh, I love this artist. So usually it's a lot of back and forth on this side, which three I want yeah, to go so with. So you get it. Exactly. You're being a curator yourself, you know. But the thing was, I did this with Spotify for a couple of years, and I knew that this was running up in the last few weeks. And I knew that for the final edition i had to do something on the way out that would really just kind of blow the whole proverbial load out there now what happened was i've actually been privately working on a different playlist over the years where i wanted to kind of curate what would end up being kind of a lifetime soundtrack mm. you know music i fluffed with during boyhood through my teens as a young adult and then all the way through my industry journey just to really document all that in one place and I, I was doing this as a, as a private project, just kind of off and on would go in, add shit, do this, do that with it, and just, just mess with it. But once I knew I was finishing up with this, I said, you know, I think this is the time for me to, to drop that whole thing. And I knew how long it was getting, but I had to make sure that, and believe me, if I tell you curating a 23-hour playlist with 320 songs that covers your whole life's worth of music that you love and support and vibe out to, Okay, whether it be as a professional or as a listener, a child or a teenager, a young adult or this old ass adult about to retire, you know, I mean, it's like, if I tell you that this is a meticulous, detailed project where I made sure that the sequencing was right and I picked exactly the tracks I wanted, even right down to making sure I had the right versions of the tracks and the best fidelity available on Spotify and things like that. You know, I, that's not a lie. You know, there's not a single track in there that would be considered to be a filler. Every single one had a purpose behind it and was picked, you know, because it represents something to me from a time gone by or a time of the present or an artist that meant a lot to me or a song that meant a lot to a time in my life or a moment in my life or an artist I supported or whatever, you know. Every track in this thing has a meaning. And... And it's a good way to get, get to know who I've been throughout this life through music. I know no one's going to sit down for a whole day and hit play and not hit stop. I know that. It's not what this is for. It's best, two things. It's best to, you know, 
run this up in chronological order. If you shuffle it, you're going to lose the whole purpose. Second, you might want to break it into a few different lessons, like the first, like, I don't know, like from like 76 to like 89, 90 and clear 100 tracks, and then 92 to like 07, another 110 or whatever, and then 08 to 23, another 110, 150, whatever the fuck it is. You know, break it into three, three or four different lessons. Because I know you're not going to listen to the whole thing all the way through unless you have no job. You know, I mean, <laughs> I'll but, show you. I'll you know, do that. I'll do it. Put the coffee oh on. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. Put the cup. Okay. Yeah. You know. You know. I mean, if you do it, hey. You know, nothing but love. You know, I I salute you if you can go through 23 hours and two minutes of this playlist, play all the way through without stopping. Then you're a warrior, and I appreciate you. But realistically, I know y'all won't do that. Yeah. But give it a few, break it down to a few, to a few listening sessions. Mm-hmm. And, you know, get a get a feel for who I am as a listener, who I am as a DJ, who I am as a radio personality through music, and what I vibe out to, what I've always vibed out to all these years. Or maybe I don't vibe with it no more, but I did in the day. Mm-hmm. That kind mm-hmm. of thing. So every track on here, Max, has. A purposeful meaning and I, I literally selected and believe me even with 320 tracks it becomes a selection process and you got to leave certain things off you know and, and people think well what the fuck yes 320 slots how can you leave off shit you do mm-hmm. you do get to that point and you actually run over and you set a, you set a number originally it was 300 okay I'll say that it was originally a 300 song max but my dear assistant, Sherry, who I love to death, said, well, Sterling, isn't your whole multi 320, your whole thing 320 entertainment? And I'm like, yeah. So then why isn't it 320 songs? Ooh. And you're like, motherfucker, why didn't I think of that? Yeah. So <laughs> I, had, I had to go back and I had to republish the whole thing with 20 more additions. And I'm like, you know, I wish I thought of that. 20 more songs actually runs it to 320 and nothing's filler. So, yeah, and I'm into add some more shit that I wanted to add. But even then, I still had to leave shit off. Man. You know, for, for other things. But, yeah, if y'all are down to hit play on a lifetime of music and vibes that I have loved and supported from boyhood to the present, then, y'all, your day has come. Exactly. I thought, and, I thought you were out there. But if you are, your day has come. And, and there's so much awesome music, too, because, of course, we, uh, of course, we have Kiss. We have to have Kiss on a Sterling Golden playlist. Without a shadow yes. of a doubt. But so many yes. other great bands, Ice Cube, TLC, Tupac. Just uh, skimming through it, folks, looking at some things. Okay, Easy e NWA, uh, Public Enemy, uh, De La Soul. all the rappers. I'm noticing this. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> this is kind of where I'm... Well, uh, there are others here. Okay. Which is, which is dope because, you know, I'm, I'm a hip-hop head for life, so I appreciate you for that. But go on. Yeah, uh, David Bowie, Michael Jackson, uh, uh, the Pointer Sisters. There's so much stuff here, folks. So even if you don't like everything, you're gonna like something. And 23 and, and hours. If down, and if you go down further the list, you know, toward more recent years, a lot of really dope unsigned artists too, and a lot of oh, independent names. Oh yeah. You know, a lot of names there that uh, you did not cover from late in the playlist, but you'll notice I mean, if you're local. Here in New England, you will know a lot of these names who are still active. And yeah, I'm, I'm looking at some now, actually. Um, uh, Jasmine Red, Ruby Rose Fox, Carissa Johnson, the Mars Volta. 
Leeds Entertainment is on here. Still Gold, uh, The Weekend. Trust you, folks. There's yeah. a lot of good. There's a lot of really good stuff here, and I, and I like that. There's like no doubt. you may also like section here at the end, as if this wasn't enough. Yeah, that's not mine. That's <laughs> I'm trying to feed uh, the music that uh, they are trying to you know push on you. But, sure enough, you know. Sure but uh, yeah, y- y'all, if you fuck with it, awesome. I appreciate you, and you can find it on Spotify. It's the Sterling Collection, 1976 to present. And by the way, big shout to Iggy Barsco, the fabulous visual artist who did the cover. Mm, oh yeah, the, the the cover. You've always had some really dope art to go with your stuff, whether it's your playlist or just your regular posts. You know, you've always had, and and of, of course, stellar photography too. So I've always noticed there's a lot yeah. of quality with everything you got here. Hope so. Yeah. Hope so. Yeah. That's been my vibe all these years: is make sure that everything you do, you know, is top shelf. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that includes curated playlists, I guess. Yeah, apparently. But uh, apparently. yeah, you know, I mean, but I appreciate you for checking it out. Yeah. Well, we're coming down to the end of the conversation here, folks, but we're going to go with a few more questions here. I want to take a moment, actually, just kind of share my initial impression of you, Sterling, when we first met, okay. because I believe it was back in the WEMF days. I think on regular, our paths didn't really cross too much. One thing I always dug about you was just your overall presence. It seemed like everything you did was was planned, you know, like how you spoke, what you said. Of course, the glasses on all day, the poses, yeah. you know. I yeah. liked that. I liked it. Like, this is a man who has his shit together. And yeah. I always liked the vibe of your shows, too. So there's been a lot of, hmm, Sterling's doing this thing. I like this thing. This is doing that thing. That's really cool, too. So... There was always a lot of me being impressed by you because there's always this vibe of like, yeah. man, he is on top of this thing whenever he's doing it. Appreciate you. Yeah. Yeah, man. So, you know, you've done so much over the years with events and, of course, the nightlife, podcasting, radio. Is there anything that you didn't get to that you wish you had the chance to accomplish? I'll say this. Mm-hmm. If that were the case, I wouldn't be retiring. I've done everything I wanted to do. Uh, there's literally nothing on the bucket list that hasn't been crossed off. And that's not a joke, y'all. I literally got to do everything I wanted to do, live the life that I always imagined for myself. And, you know, I ate, left no crumbs. And I can say with conviction that, uh, that I did it, you know? I mean... If I left anything on the table, I wouldn't be leaving. I like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, you mentioned earlier uh, your last your last public event was the runway show, which you did uh, yeah. back in October. Yeah. How did it feel to be there, knowing this was kind of it? You know, you wouldn't have any more of these these experiences. I mean, it helped to have people that I fuck with. Yeah. There with me to you know let me know that uh, hey, um, we're here to support you, like. I can't say enough good things about, you know, fabulous uh, Mary Jean, who was pulling up with me that night, you know, on a dopest vibe, looking fly, and, you know, being the most fabulous supporter. Diane Pulliam, as well as Chattel uh, Collection. Diane Pulliam is another fabulous human that I know out here who's putting in that consistent hard work to become a swimwear fashion designer and beyond. And so many other people there, Olga, Effie, 
a mermaid. Everybody, you know, who I fought with, you know, Racine in the city was there too. And, uh, you know, I just felt like, hey, you got support. Mm -hmm. And if you're going to, if this is your final Netflix appearance, this is a really dope way to do it. And, yeah, big love again to how fashion me for having me that night, you know what I mean? But while I was feeling was, I was feeling grateful. All right. Um, we're coming to the end, folks. Uh, but I want to see any more shout outs that you want to give before we wrap this up. You mentioned a lot of great names. Anyone else there that you need to give oh a little God. love to? I mean, there's so many people want to give love to. I mean, I can be here all day naming everybody from Gosha to Acrobatic to May O'Hara to Leeds Entertainment to Mary Jane to, I mean, just City Team, Amadou. So many names I could be sitting here naming. Racine, everybody else, Tanya the Empress, but you know, to do that would require another hour of City Blackout. I know we ain't got that, you know, but y'all, you know, I'll be having more final words in the upcoming podcast this month, and you know, like I did today with City Blackout and Max, you know, and also on the 18th, Golden Age of Radio Book Two on Boston Free Radio and Spotify. But yeah, I'll be getting more thank yous out there then. But if I didn't get into them tonight, it's because I'm fading and I'm ready to pass out. Fair enough then. Fair enough then. Well, past my bedtime. Well, it's not kidding when I said it's past my bedtime. I know, now. right? I'm and and just about to fade. yeah. And then for the folks at home, we're not recording this at like midnight or two in the m. We recorded this at seven p.m. EST. Yeah. So keep in mind not that. Like I'm kidding. No, <laughs> like I'm kidding. I'm not. No, he's you know, not. That was a real ass yawn you just heard. I heard you know, that. And not because of Max, because I'm legitimately ready to pass out. All right, then. A um, couple more things, though, before we wrap it up, then. Yes, sir. Um, yes, sir. Do you feel like you have a legacy that you're leaving behind? I'll leave it up to, you know, those who show that support. Um, I know I left behind a body of work, and it's out there to be revisited. And, fuck, uh, man, you know, it's like when people you know, a volunteer calling you legend and you're not soliciting that kind of accolade, you must have done something to make an impression on somebody, mm-hmm. you know? So I guess I'll leave it at that. You know, if they come, if, there's an old saying from Walter Payton, goes, when you're good at something, you'll tell everyone. When you're great at something, they'll tell you. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. and that's what I've experienced over the last few years is people come to me telling me you know, about the work I do. And I don't go up to people tugging on their short sleeve and say, hey, did you know I, I you know back in the day I did this? Who wants to have a guy like that? Nah. You know, that's... around them. You know, but I would never want to be that older gentleman at a bar talking to chicks half my age, hoping they'd find me attractive about what I used to do. Oh, geez. Yeah, no, that's that's just bad. That's you don't want to be that guy. No, no, you, you know? definitely don't. So, so before I become that guy, I want to get out of here <laughs> Yeah. Um, um, another day or two of this after my retirement and if I will become that guy and I don't want to no no yeah it, it, I think it's good that you leave on a good note before you're leaving the party at a good time you know you know you're not that guy who sticks around till like 3 a.m and you have to throw him out of it because he just won't fucking get off the couch you're look at leaving Betty page yeah RIP. look at Betty page yeah it took decades for her to show her face again but for decades. And you just saw the Teeth of Tennessee, mm-hmm. the Queen of Burlesque, in those old films, in those iconic photos. All you had was Betty Page at her youth, you know? And she left you with that memory and didn't want to ruin that memory for you by aging. You know, it took, I don't know how many decades for her to finally come out of hiding and 
say hello to the public. But man, you know, for decades, she left you with that visual and you had no idea other than what you saw in front of you. And, you know, maybe I'm going for the same vibe, you know, maybe it's better to get out now before I start getting all wrinkled and old looking and I start looking like a raisin, you know I mean? So, uh, yeah. All right. Yeah. All right, Sterling. Well, final question before we close the door yes, in this one. Do you yes, think we'll see you out and about? Do you think there's a chance we might see those familiar sunglasses, that familiar suit jacket out at a show or a party somewhere? If you do, it's because I sold it. Fair enough. <laughs> Keep that in mind. <laughs> so there might be a Sterling impersonator out there. I'll kick their asses. I'm sure there's already in a few out there. Oh, uh, well. Who knows? Nah. Who knows, man? Dude, there is no one like you, and that's the God's honest truth. Uh, that's a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one of you is enough, right? One of you is en- en- enough for the world. That's right. No, keep the faith in Sterling Ontology you can trust. What can I say? Exactly. Well, what I can say, folks, is that now, folks, we are at the end of the conversation Fifteen yeah. years. We some we we spent about an hour talking about this. We could be go on for another year, I think, talking about all I'm the things sure you've done. Could. But Sterling, man, I just want to say from the music community, from the world, more or less, thank you. You did some amazing work over those years. I'm glad you were there. And uh, whatever comes next, man, best of luck to you. I appreciate you, Max. Keep doing all you do as well. Uh, you're doing dope shit. Keep doing it. Will do. Will do. All right, my dude. And with that, we bring this episode to a close. Thanks for listening. And if you haven't already, check us out on Facebook under Citywide Blackout and Twitter and Instagram under Citywide Max. You can catch this and all your favorite episodes on your favorite podcast platform. And new episodes are added every week, as well as on Boston Free Radio every Saturday at 10 p.m. You get at me at citywidemax at yahoo.com if you want to suggest a guest, submit your music, or just drop us a line. Thanks for tuning in, and I'll see you next time.